Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Before we get going on this episode, I want to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, Cody Nelson, my friend of 20 plus years. I call him the glassing guru, the optics authority. He's the optics manager at GoHunt.com. If you guys have any optics needs at all, whether it be binoculars, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, tripods, anything to do with glassing, give the glassing guru a call. You can reach Cody at 702-847-8747. That's extension 2. You can email him at optics at gohunt.com or you can text him directly on his cell phone at 602-399-3699. Ask him any question either by text or by call. I want to thank Cody for all the work that he does with the J. Scott Outdoors podcast listeners. I also want to remind you guys it's application season. There's not a better hunting resource than the Go Hunt Insider. Uh, For a free trial, you can go to gohunt.com forward slash jscott. You can also get a $50 Go Hunt Gear Shop gift card when signing up. Uh, I want to thank kuyu.com, kuyu ultralight hunting. Kuyu is the ultralight hunting gear that I've been wearing since 2010. Uh, go to KUIU.com and you can order directly. It's a direct-to-consumer uh, brand and they have phenomenal gear there at KUIU.com. I uh, also want to thank Phonescope.com. Use the JScott21 promo code to get 10% off on all orders. Uh, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today, we've got our friend Craig Steele of Exclusive Pursuit Outfitters on the line. Craig, how you doing? I'm doing good, Jay. How you doing? Good. Um, it's nice. I can hear some birds chirping out on your back patio. Uh, I'm outside as well. I'm over here in California, and so we're going to have a good time today talking. It seems like both you and I are outside enjoying a little bit uh, just what's going on outside. Um, I want to talk to you about the uh, Arizona Desert Bighorn uh, Sheep uh, application period that's coming up here, I believe, June 9th, uh, and talk to you about some sheep stuff. So I figured um, getting you on and and talking to you in person would be the best way to uh, get the scoop on what's going on with the Nelson and I up there. Sweet. Yeah. Ask away, man. Before we get to that, uh, what's been going on uh, in your world? I know your daughter is playing some softball or maybe just finished. Um, how, how did the season go? Yeah, they just got done. We, uh, we lost in the first round of state, twelve to or 11 to 12, last inning. So, um, honestly, say we were outcoached um, and we were outplayed. Girls did good. Um, the top team in our conference won state, so um, they were a beast. River Valley, they went. I think they went like um, twenty-two and zero. So they're just they're just a different animal. So that's done. And uh, last day of school for my son today, and then uh, starting to scout for uh, antelope and a little bit of sheep scouting right now. And that's it. You know, um, it's interesting in, in, in sports, it's a lot of like life and, and real life. Um, you know, you can prepare, you can have the desire, you can have the dis- discipline, 
um, you know, you can you can play and practice and, and get ready and, you know, hone your skill. And, and then there's always times when there's just someone that's better. And um, sometimes that's you, sometimes that's your team, and sometimes it's not. But I think it's a lot like life. I'm just curious, you're just, you know, it might be a little fresh, but to just kind of sit back and think about, you know, we all are trying to navigate life. We're all trying to navigate, you know, academics or sports or whatever it may be our business our personal life um but sometimes you know you prepare and there's always someone that's better yeah i know there definitely is so yesterday it's funny that you say this yeah are you there yep i got you yesterday um uh, my daughter this last week tried out made a travel softball team that was formulated by another high school coach here in town we played them, and they're a pretty good team. Um, but I actually, he asked me to coach for a couple weeks because they were missing one of their coaches. So I'm just just there and kind of watch how they do things. And uh, are you there still? Yeah, but oh. I'm here. I'm here. I had some background noise, so I had to oh. mute. But go ahead. <laughs> I gotcha. So. Uh, yeah, I went to the practice, and my daughter told me, she goes, don't expect me to start. She plays first base. She can play third base and a little bit of outfield, too. Um, the first baseman was first team All-State 3A and was the offensive player of the year for 3A. And, um, you know, as I went through the practice with, with them and, and kind of just, you know, filled in where I, where I needed to, um, I realized that uh, this coach prepares way better than what we did. Um, we didn't have as many players, and we don't have as facilities. My daughter goes to a charter school, so we're just trying to get kids uh, to, to fill spots sometimes. But uh, as far as organization and, and from a structure standpoint and preparation, um, you know, you kind of look back at that, and it's like anything else. If the more prepared you are and uh, the better you're going to be, talent takes you so far, but... If you don't do little things, you don't prepare, and uh, you don't have all those reps and uh, experiences and failures, then uh, you're going to fall short, you know? Um, it's just the facts of life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think when you can, can match talent and skill with preparation and proper preparation, that's when you have a deadly combo, and I think you see that in... You know, as, as we grow older, I think we see it over and over and over in certain circumstances where someone has tons of talent and whatever they do and maybe they don't make it, they're not as successful. And then you've got someone that doesn't have as much talent, but they prepare like crazy and, you know, they, they treat everything very, very seriously and, and um, you know, they go so far. But then when you have someone that has extreme amount of talent and then could match that with tons of preparation and um, that's when you find people that really ex excel and, and succeed at, at, at what they're trying to do. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Bighorn Sheep. Uh, you guys had another um, bang-up season last year um, with the Desert Bighorn. Uh, tell me about it. So we had uh, in 15D South with Larry Irvin, um, or Irvine, um, and, uh, he drew with like, I think he had over 30 years of applying, but he missed one year. So he was 
he was one or two off max, I think, points. He drew that tag. So he was a former Arizona resident. He moved to, uh, I think it was Iowa, to follow his family out there. But just a great guy called me up, ended up booking the hunt. And, you know, I, I had a, a few rams in mind. Um, and as you know, that south side is, is it's pretty big. Uh, it's it's kind of grueling the glass and grueling the scout and you can miss stuff really really easy because there's just a lot of country and there's a lot of country with no sheep in it um, or very little but there can still be a ram in that area but I put a lot of time in and one of the rams that we were kind of excited to hunt he ended up breaking um, sometime in uh, late August early September. Um, he broke probably about, I don't know, six to seven inches off. Um, so he kind of fell on our list. And then uh, we were looking for another old ram, and he kind of ditched us. He was a really good ram and uh, got down to the opener. And uh, the night before the opener, uh, Larry and his buddy ran into somebody that was locally here that was helping out the woman that had the tag, the other tag. And she drew, I think with like zero points or one point. Um, but she wasn't hunting until like the next Friday. So that kind of relieved a little bit of pressure. We kind of spread out the crews on the, on the first day. I had more help than I've ever had on a sheep hunt. And, uh, Lee and Hunter went in and glassed up and, found a big ram lee called me and said i know we're not supposed to shoot the first ram that i see but uh you might want to take a look at this ram and uh we uh had him get a lot of video and i reviewed the video and pictures and the next day uh oh they they bedded the ram that night the next day we went in there and we killed that ram and he was just a heck of a ram he's eight and a half years old um eight and a half plus he might be nine and a half um, 40 by 40 on his length, um, and he was 178 and change gross, and 177, and I think he was 6'8 official net. Um, just a hell of a ram. The only thing he really lacked to be 180 was a little bit of bases. Actually, he had a little bit of sinusitis, and um, kind of squeezed a little bit of his circumference on one horn, or else I think he would have probably grossed it because he had a chip over there. It was decaying, but uh, yeah, it was a hell of a ram. You um, talk about that 15D South, and we're going to kind of go through the units. Um, what is the status of the pneumonia, not only in D South, but D North, and, and some of the major units, 16A, some of those units that you hunt uh, the most? What, what do you see going on there as far as the pneumonia? Uh, you know... I mean, I see, I see rams, you know, with it. I'm not sure what they got back on their test swabs uh, of, of the sheep. Uh, I, I've seen a few sheep coughing and stuff. It's not like you're seeing, I'm seeing sheep dead. I think the biggest die-off is the herd, um, in my opinion. I could be wrong, you know, and specifically uh, 15Ds and, uh, I didn't see a couple years ago when we hunted the raffle and had a 16A hunter. I didn't see that. I think I saw one U that was coughing in 16A. Um, so you're still seeing sheep, um, and, and it's definitely impacting them, but 
Um, I, I, I think, I'm hoping we've, you know, kind of bottomed out on, on, on our losses as far as that goes. So, um, I just seen an old Ram the other day that he's, he's got to be pushing 12 years old. He's at least 11 and, uh, he's healthy. He was healthy as a horse. You know, I don't know if he's immune or what the heck, but, uh, and he was with two years ago when I first saw him, he was with a Ram that was sick. Um, and so anyways, I, I, I wouldn't be scared to apply for some of these units, you know, um, at all. When we were crashing around there kind of together in some of those units, you know, a few years ago, um, before the pneumonia, um, seeing tons of sheep in both units, how much has that been impacted just from a number standpoint of going out in D North, D South, uh, and looking around and seeing numbers of sheep? Has that, you know, has that been cut in three quarters? Has it been cut in half? You know, do I you think not notice been, it? What's the deal? It's probably half, Jay. You know, I mean, last year, I think I counted one day in D South. I think I counted 70 sheep, which that's a lot of sheep for there. Um, but in D North, you know, where you just kind of the Mecca where you would, see you know you could see a couple hundred sheep 100 150 maybe 200 um you a good day you're probably seeing 30 to 70 sheep um a bad day you could see you know five to ten sheep um and in these out you could see no sheep depending on where you go um so it's definitely impacted the numbers i would say it's probably cut it down in half it seems like you know um, hasn't cut the burrows down, but it's cut the sheep down. Has it impacted the burrows at all, or are they just getting, du- you know, multiplying daily? Uh, I saw, I counted over a hundred the other day, and I saw four rams and three ewes and a hundred burrows. So I don't think it's impacting them at all. Craig, I want to. Um, go through some of these Nelson I units and then I want to come back to some of your favorites but um, and if it, you, I'm getting a little bit of wind noise from you so if you could um, muffle or just do something to try and minimize that um, okay. I'm going to go through these units and I kind of just want a you know 15 to 20 second 30 second overview of the unit thoughts you know whether it be don't apply or you know, look elsewhere or buyer beware or whatever it may be. Um, just kind of run through them here. Yep. Uh, 15A, 15B. I would not imply unless I wanted to kill a 130 to maybe 150. Just probably the, probably the most genetically inferior unit there is uh, up here. Okay, 15B West. Um, 150 to 160 type rams, um, has been some big rams killed in the past, hasn't been one in quite some time, um, it's kind of, it's just above 15 A and B, um, if, if you don't have a lot of points and you'd be happy with a, you know, 150, um, with a chance to maybe kill 160 plus, um, apply for it 15c north 15c north is a head scratcher for me um 
Yeah, they killed a 142 out of there last year, six years old. Um, I just got to believe there's a 160-type ram. I just think the wrong people are drawing the tags. Um, there's there's not many, but that unit is just historically can produce a good ram. So um, it's kind of just right above 15B West. Um and they're right next door to each other. So um, that's kind of, if, if you'd be hunt your ass off, you'd kill 160 in there, I think. 15C South. Um, one thing about 15C North, uh, kind of after you mentioned 15C South, is it is a two-month hunt now. So bear that in mind. Um, if you have some time, um, you know, I know a lot of guys don't have that 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 amount of time but um it gives you or your guide an opportunity to really poke around and uh, try to find the best ram same with 15c south uh 15c south is uh uh you know just obviously south it's a dirt road that you know separates d north from d south so those sheep cross over in there um the kid this last year killed a nine-year-old 164 165 inch ram um, it's over the last probably five to 10 years, historically, if you hunt your butt off, you can kill mid 160 in there. Um, I think it's a pretty good hunt. Um, don't expect to see very many sheep and many days you won't see any sheep. Um, but, um, it's definitely one that's, will be on some of the apps in, in my household. 16A. 16A, they killed a 153, 154, and a 83. Must have been a one-horn ram. Um, 16A is a mother. I was just, I, I kind of think it should be a two-month-long hunt, just like Sea uh, North and Sea South. Um, we killed a good ram out of there a couple years ago. The biggest ram, I think, that's been taken in the last decade in there. Um, it's just hard to, to kind of hone in on on where exactly all the sheep are it's very choppy the um, giant unit with a lot of habitat right yeah a lot of habitat on that south side they could cross over um potential i mean if they've killed 180s out of there before um, um it's it's just one of those units that could have a big ram in it but you you're not just going to go kill a big ram because you didn't you didn't work at it um to you know, the ram we killed was right at 170 gross, and I think he netted 169 and change at nine years old. Um, and uh, we killed him on the eighth day, and that's from people that are pounding it. Um, both the hunters this last year called us, and, or kind of called us, and, uh, you know, it, uh, I wish we could have done more with them, but uh, it is what it is. It's, it's a grueling, daunting hunt, big area could be a big ram in there but you're gonna have to work your ass off so it's a hunt uh i wish it was two months but it's only one month and uh, if you get the tag you know just know that there could be a big big ram in there you just you just gotta work at it and get a little lucky 16a south 18b uh what was they killed a 158 six-year-old and a no kill i heard that the no kill the guy was 
uh, an older gentleman have trouble moving around. There's a lot of roads in there, but there is some rough country um, from hunting it on the raffle hunt. Uh, there's around 100 head of sheep in there, give or take. About 50% of them are ram, rams, um, a lot of broken rams. Um, it's a unit that uh, obviously Jason Cardo about, about four or five years ago killed that big heavy ram in. And uh, it's produced some 170s. I like I like the hunt. I, I think there's some probably potential to be another 170 in there. Um, I think it's a good hunt. Um, you're gonna have to hunt your butt off. Um, it, there's a lot of country. Uh, like that's the one thing that I know from from hunting it a little bit is. Uh, there's kind of some of these units, there's kind of areas historically where you're like, all right, the sheep country stops here. There, you're just like, how far do I go? Um, because it's, those sheep are, you know, kind of close to the highway there and then kind of move to the to the east and northeast um, later on in the, in the year. And, and then there's been sightings of them way up Burrow Creek. So, um, it's a little bit daunting from that side of it, but you know, as somebody once told me, sheep like to be sheep, so they like to hang around other sheep, so uh, keep that in mind. I think it's a good hunt. Okay, 16B is in boy. Uh, 16B, I think they killed a 158 out of there last year. They killed a, the unit record out of there two years ago, a friend of mine killed it. It was 175, big ram. Um, those sheep crossover um some will even go over the colorado river um go over to the california side uh, it's not common but they do do it um one tag um some boat access there uh, utilize lake house in the colorado river um, you can hike in not a lot a lot of country i had somebody call me about this hunt the other day and you know they asked me about this hunt in 15c south and um I, th I think, I think for me, I'd rather have the 15C South tag, just for my style, the the, the country and everything. Um, C South or D South? C South. Okay. Um, just just because, um, you know, you don't have to worry about a boat, um, and there's just more country. 16B is a little unit, and uh, you know, sometimes those sheep will be. You know, depending on how the feed was and everything, sometimes they could be over in 16A. Um, so, I think I think it's a unit where you can hunch your butt off. You can kill 160. Uh, don't expect to see a lot of sheep. You know, maybe 10 to 15 rams. Um, I think there's potential to kill a 170, but a 160, mid-150s is more realistic. Um, so, I... I personally am not, I, I just don't really like the hunt myself. 15D South. 15D South. Um, good hunt. We killed the ram, our ram, and the, the lady killed, I think she killed a 160. Uh, never talked to her. Um, there's, there's quite a few old rams in there, um, right now. Um, I think, you know, if you hunt your butt off, you can kill a, a book ram. That's a good, good number. 
Um, you can kill a eight-year-old plus buck ram in there. You have to hunt, hunt hard. Um, there's a lot of areas with no sheep. And as that those hunt dates are in December, those rams move. Um, the ram we killed, he was actually uh, had found a couple old ewes. They must, uh, one of them or both of them must have been close to cycling. And he knew it. Um, he probably read them before. Um, they were in some country that doesn't have a lot of sheep. So we got pretty fortunate there. So there's, you know, always those little, those little pockets of, of outlying ewes in there. Um, it's just big, it's big, vast country. Um, I, you know, Larry was 70 something years old and there was areas that I was looking that, uh, we got lucky if we killed his ram kind of low. Uh, or real low there's areas in that unit that you know you get you've got to go in you know six seven eight miles and uh to, to you know get one killed so just know that um it's it's not so much that it's you know super super rough it's just big um in all wilderness pretty much so it's a good unit for a book ram I like it because there's only two tags. Um, to me, it's just it's a better hunt than D North because there's only two tags. Fifteen D North. Uh, killed a giant. They killed a giant in there. A uh, local guy did um, this last year. I think they killed a 171 as well, and then a 160, and then a no kill. I don't know how somebody did not kill in there. Um, you pretty much can see sheep every day. Um, I, obviously, uh, you know you know as well as I do, Jay, there's a lot of nooks and crannies in there, and you think you can see it all, and you don't. Um, uh, a little steeper, a little rougher as far as rock formations and, and steepness in country than compared to D-South, but not as big. Um more sheep it's a good good unit for a buck ram still um four tags i think is is always uh you know especially with the numbers they are now you're going to have a little competition uh, kind of how how it went last year on that big ram from what i was told was there was a uh husband and wife that drew no bonus points from kingman um, same application, first time ever applying. Um, drew the tags. Um, they had found the big ram before the season. I knew he was pretty big, but didn't know as big as he was. Um, but they had found another big ram. And it turns out that the one of the other hunters was on the other big ram. And the other hunter killed that other good ram, and that was the 171. So then they turned around, and the wife shot a, uh, I think it was an 8-year-old 160 ram. And then they went and hunted for four or five days, killed the big ram, uh, 9 years old, or 8.5 years old. I think it was 183 net. Um, so... Just know that in that unit, the first couple days, you know, or the first day, there's probably going to be somebody else on 
your ram. So, uh, unless you just get lucky. Um, but uh, as you know, Jay, it, it, it can produce a 180. Um, but don't expect that. A book ram, eight plus year old book ram in there is a really good ram. Um, if you kill a mid 170s, um, you've killed one of the top rams that's ever come out of that unit. So, um, it's a lot of people's favorite choice. Um, personally, I would pick D South over that just for the hunt experience. Um, in my my personal opinion, I just like the country better, and I like being off by myself with nobody else glassing around. Um, and so that's why I would pick D South over D North. But historically, D North has produced bigger rams than D South. So. Just a thought that occurred to me. So the Claude's big ram that we killed on the raffle, I believe, was in the 13-14 raffle season. And that ram, if it didn't have that chip, would be 190 inches gross. It, it yep. ended up 185 and 3 gross, but had, literally had 4 and something missing on one chip. Um there's been other rams in that 182 to one, let's just call it 185 range. Why? And and not like they're 11, 12-year-old rams. They're, they're eight-year-old, you know, nine-year-old, kind of at the prime of their life rams. Why does it seem that the big, wide-flaring, 40-inch, you know, you know the rams I'm talking about because you've been involved with several of them. Yeah. Why do they come out of D North and not really anywhere else? Um. Well, I will say I I think they're D South. Obviously, you know how the unit lays. I thought I think there's there's Rams in there. I think there's probably 180s laying dead in there. Um. I think though the biggest we might we might be at or near the biggest Ram killed in D South. I know there's there's been a couple others that have been 177 to 179. Um, Claude's ram and just and this ram that came out this last year both had bigger bases um, I think Claude's ram had bigger bases than this ram oh yeah over 16 um, and this ram carried he had I think he had I think he had 15 and a half inch bases and he just carried his mass real well and he was 40 by 40 um I don't, I don't know why, you know, it's, 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 you know, kind of like this strip, you know, um, cause 16 a, you are not going to find, um, even though they killed, you know, 180 or some mid one seventies in there, those Rams to me aren't typical Nelson eyes. They're more, Mexican. their horns are, yeah, they're more Mexican. They're, the horns are straight on. They don't flare much. You look at the Ram we killed. I was just looking at pictures of him two years ago out of 16. He looks like a Rocky. Yeah. You know? Yeah. His horns, are, his horns are straight. They're not, it's you know. It's a boxy and, look. It's not. Yeah, it's a real out. boxy Why boxy does look? D North always have the big giants that come out of there are those, you know, 31, 31 and a half inch tip to tip. Just, I mean, wide flaring, longhorn steer looking big giant rams. It just, uh, it just produce, it just has those genetics, you know, and. Um, there's been, you know, I know way back when B, B West and D North, or C, C North, I'm sorry, 
produce, you know, mid uh, 180 Rams, and they they kind of had that look, and then they that that gene must have died off in there. Is all I can figure out um, because 15D still produces them, um, and you know, and I know there's been transplant sheep that have been transplanted from D down to 16A South, 18B. Um, I've seen a young ram in there that was definitely had that flared out look. Um, but a lot of those rams um, also, I think, believe those sheep also come from the Navajo Nation, some of them, like Jason Carter's ram with those big giant bases, you know, and that open curl, they kind of just stop. You know, they don't, they don't get flared out. Just 15D from, you know, just call it all 15D, 15D North, 15D South. It just, it will produce it just, just those monster looking. And when you see one, it's, it's jaw jaw. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, you're like, what? Then the only thing you need to know after that is how big is his bases. Right. Because if his bases are 15 plus, he's probably, he's going to be 180. If his bases aren't 15 plus, then he's going to be like Larry's Ram and he's going to be close to it. You know, um, that's what, you know, Larry's Ram only had 14, three, seven, five on his face. Um, but he carried his mass. Well, he just, he just didn't have big bases, you know? Um, and if, if you got big bases, with 40 inch horns is, it's, it's something else to look at. It's, it's, it's like, I don't know. Hey, and you don't see them all the time, you know. Everybody always talks about them. There's there's other horn configurations in there. Um, but besides that, you know, it's funny on those Nelson I, you know, in, in D, you have open curl rams. You have rams that come off their head kind of narrow and then flare out wide. You have rams like the raffle ram we killed with Joe that come out wide and the raffle ram we killed with Frank that, that stay wide. Yeah, you know they're, they're not they're come out wide from off their head. You have rams that come off high, and then don't drop as low. You have rams that come off low and drop low. There, I think a the lot Nelson and I are the hardest to judge because Mexicana are pretty predictable. You know, you've got a very similar horn shape, but I think you nailed it. Like Nelson and I, there's so many different configurations that. And especially if you don't get that head-on look, if you're looking at a ram, a Nelson I from the side, even yeah. some of these 38 to 40-inch rams will look short because the the flare is coming at you. Yes. And we're on a Mexicana, the, the, the curl of the horn is a C. And you yep. can see it, and you can see the mass because the mass is laying perpendicular to you, where a Nelson eye, because that horn is literally coming out in your direction 14, 15 inches, that the mass, the, the horn is laid at a, at, a, at a 45, and you can't see the, the last mass measurement. You can't get any sense of that unless you're looking at a quartering, you know, or from behind or a dead-on mm -hmm. look. So, I mean... Would you agree that Nelson and I are, I mean, I think they're 10 times harder to judge than a Mexicana. You know, the worst, the worst ones on the Nelson ice for me are like Jason Carter's Ram, are those open curl Rams with those big bases because you look at them, they just don't, 
other than the big bases, and you can see they're heavy, they don't turn up. Yeah. And like you said, they, you're like, what in the heck? You I know? Mean, I mean, a perfect example is like, you put a ram like Claude's ram next to um, Jason's, and I mean, yeah. 99 out of 100 people would be like, there's no comparison. Like, yeah. they're not, Claude's is so much bigger than Jason's, but in reality, Jason's outscored Claude's. Um, and yeah. that's where mass, you know, as we've talked about, mass is everything with sheep. I wanted to touch on something, raffle hunters. I've taken, darn, I've taken raffle hunters. You've crashed around with us and we've done them together on raffle hunters. You've taken raffle hunters. Um, the raffle Nelson I tag after, prior to the pneumonia was a premium, premium tag. I feel like for a few years with the pneumonia, the tag kind of lost a little bit of its luster, but I feel like in the last year or two, people should be really energetic about buying those tickets for that Nelson I raffle tag. And just so people are clear, there's auction tags that you can buy, and they're for Mexicana only. And the raffle desert sheep tag is Nelson I only. So you can only hunt the Nelson I units. Do you agree with the fact that it was a real premium tag? Then for a couple years, it kind of lost its luster a little bit, but that people should really be back into it because there's some great rams around. I just, I think, you know, it could be just who won the raffle. You know how that goes. It's it's kind of unpredictable on the raffle side because it is a raffle, you know. Um, I just, I think if you win one of those raffles, whatever it may be, but specifically on sheep because it's, I mean, that is literally in the open market as 60, probably with inflation now, an $80,000 hunt in anywhere in an open market, which is Mexico. And you're not going to do this again. You see this all the time with people that just apply, you know, thank goodness I had a cousin that was hunting with the two that that uh, had zero points. They're his, uh, his family. Um, and I'm sure he was the one that, you know, prodded them to stick it out and try to hunt for some older, bigger rams. But you see it with sheep where people will just apply and they'll get the tag and they'll, they really don't understand what they have and the model. And the fact of it is, is in the sheep world, it is predominantly all about killing older age class rams. That, if you meet any sheep just lover, Nine times out of ten, he won't even ask you the score. He'll ask you, how old was he? Is he mature? And if you get one of those tags, just realize that there is a lot of rams that are eight, nine, ten years old um, that would be a trophy for that, that tag, no matter if they're 168 or 180, you know. Um, even mid one sixties. Um, but you, you gotta not take that for granted that that is the case. Whether you hire somebody or don't hire somebody, you need to shoot 
an older age class ram. That's what that tag is meant for. Um, if you will, you will just call people. If you don't know, I would even, you can send me pictures. If you draw the tag and you don't have the money to hire a guide, as long as I won't go out in the field and, you know, because I have, I don't even get a hunt with my family most of the time anyway, but I'll look at the pictures and say, Hey, this is what this ram is. Don't shoot him or not shoot him. The, the, the father, son and 15 C South, it was a 13 year old kid that had the tag. That's what I, same thing I told him. I, I, I knew him and I said, Hey, I, I'll try, I'll try to make it out when I get some free time. I didn't have any free time until after Christmas and they killed before I could get out. And I said, send me pictures. He kept sending me pictures. And I said, keep hunting. Not, you know, I wasn't, they hunted, they found the ram, but he just sent me pictures and you know, that's, and they ended up killing a great ram. They just worked their butt off, but you, you can't just go out there with that tag. You, you need to kill an older age class ram. You know, there's, there's plenty of them out there. Um, and that's my biggest thing on those, on those tags is, and it, it's, spend it's a, a little very, time. Yeah. Spend a little time. Enjoy yourself. Um, you know, so don't many think people that, treat it like it's drawing a deer tag instead of a once in a lifetime. I can't tell you how many people are finished in the first hour because they're afraid they're not going to get one. So they see a ram, any ram, and they just shoot it because they're like, oh, I didn't scout and I, I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, that time of year in December, like they've burned through on, you know, helping their cousin on an elk hunt and helping them so-and-so on this. And then they've got two days to hunt sheep. And it's, it's mind-blowing to me. Um, I get it every year. I get people, you know, oh, I just didn't have the time and, you know. The other thing I'll, I'll, I'll say is I'm kind of like you. I mean, I probably had eight or ten different people that had tags across the state and some units that I knew and some that I didn't. But I encourage them to do the same thing. Send me pictures. If you have any question at all about the RAM that you're looking at, send me a picture. Yes. And I can't and tell you how many times too. like they send me pictures and I'm like, listen, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. Are you having a good time? Oh, yeah, this is, this is fantastic. Okay. You're looking at a six-year-old ram there. Keep looking and keep sending me photos. And if anything, what I think it did or has done is it keeps people more engaged to be like, okay, we're all right. We're going to get one here. We don't have to shoot the first one we see. And Jay's telling us, hey, you know, there's a lot more older rams. There's a lot more mature rams than what we're looking at. So let's keep looking. And I'd say 75% of those people ended up sending me pictures going, ended up hunting four or five days. We saw lots of rams. Thank you for holding us off the trigger and look what we shot. And here's, you know, a nine-year-old that's a mid-160s or, you know, there was even a couple low-170s rams. And, I mean, I know those are people that would have probably shot the first 150 ram they saw. Um, some not, there was some that were really grinding and that's great. And, you know, wanted me to help evaluate Rams and I'm the same way. Like, I just want to see people, you know, maximize their once in a lifetime hunt. Yeah, no, that's it. Exactly. And, you know, if you, if you get a tag, you know, and it's usually residents that are the ones that, you know, 
don't understand what they have. Some occasionally non-resident, but most of the time non-residents. When we apply out of state, we we know, you know, kind of the deal and the value of the hunt. But usually residents that don't hunt a lot, they apply for the tag, they get the tag. What I would tell you to do is, you know, go write yourself a sixty-five thousand dollar check, hand it to your wife, and tell her this is what you want, and then. Realize that that's the value of that tag that you have in the open market. And your wife will understand if you take a week or two to uh, hunt your butt off. Um, because that $65,000, you know, makes sense. Like, it, it, it will make sense to your wife why you need to do this. And it will never come along ever again. You know? I mean, honestly, though, I think if it was an auction, if they did a Nelson I auction, it wouldn't surprise oh. me if it brought one hundred and fifty or two hundred thousand. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're you're right. You know, I'm um, you know didn't even think about in that context. I mean, right, that's a that's a lot of zeros, you know, yeah. and you, I mean, that's that's you're you're right that it's. But I mean, most the, of these tags that people draw too, even though it's a draw tag, like a lot of these that they draw. You know, there people pay well over a hundred thousand for most of these draw tags. Just to put it in perspective, um, Greg, it's always great having you on the podcast. Uh, you're awesome. I uh, love being able to bounce things off you. You've been fun to hunt and guide and be a buddy with for a long time. I know the people listening to the podcast enjoy uh, having you on and. Uh, recommend people following craig on instagram uh why don't you tell the listeners how they can follow you where they can reach out to you if they've got questions etc um you can follow me on i, I think instagram's probably the best craig steel az um you'll see i have content on there um you can uh, my number's on there. You can direct message me. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. I'm not on there every day on my personal account, but uh, I'll see it within a few days if you message me. And like I said, my number's on there. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me um, um, as far as for hunting purposes. Okay, buddy. Sounds good. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe you'll get lucky this year. No, I'm in the rocky pool. Huh? <laughs> Don't hold out <laughs> hope, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got, I got, I think I got 19 or 20 points, and which means nothing, you know, it's absolutely nothing. It just means I got a lot of points, but so I'll be trying to apply for one of the units that I can actually get a tag in, so but I'm not holding my breath. Right on, buddy. Sounds good. Well, um, All right, man. keep up the good work. All right. All right, later. God bless. Bye.